My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. Uh, my apologies to those of you on Facebook. We started the stream. I killed the stream. This is what happens when you don't plug the backup battery into your phone to make sure your phone does not die. So thanks for joining for the second stream. For everybody in the room, that's why I was running around, like, uh, as my grandfather would say, a chicken with his head cut off uh, on Sunday morning. So Philippians. Dave, let's go to the next slide. What does this word say? Review, which means what? I think, no, we're not done yet. We're done when we do the review. Good gracious, you guys are jumpy, getting ready, getting ahead. All right, so now how many of you, how many of you brought not just part two, but part one? Did, did you find them? Like, show them if you, like, this, this warms my heart so much to know that at least three of them still exist somewhere in the universe. That's great. That is great. And for those of you that don't yet uh, have a copy of... Uh, Colossians, I have those here as well. Look, Jen, you wore the matching shirt. That's fantastic. I, 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 was, I was telling uh, Julie I've got my eye on a teal binder at Staples now. So the, I think I'm going to be that guy, Shanda. So don't, don't let me go too far down that rabbit hole. Uh, all right, so today is really, really straightforward. What I want to do is I want to read a pericope or two and then ask the question on the next slide. So what's the question on the next slide? Does anybody remember the question from Mark? What is God doing in you through the portion of Scripture that we've studied so far? So I've just revamped it a bit. Oh, it's already up. That's fantastic. Yes. Uh, what, is God did, what did he do in you uh, through his word from our study in Philippians. So I'll read greeting and then thanksgiving and prayer, uh, and we'll just kind of go back and forth. And so if you got your part one, open up part one, and let's reminisce about the goodness of the unity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These don't have my notes in them, so you can use these if you'd like. Yes. I actually printed off my electronic version. So I don't, I don't do notes in a hardbound book. I do notes in a PDF. Um, and these are my printed... That's not going to work, is it? These are my printed notes from Philippians. So with all my sketchy handwriting and whatnots. So Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in the imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So, what did God do in you through his word from that portion of our study in Philippians? This is as open book as it gets, my friend. Julie, did you have something? No? Yesterday? <laughs> Sorry, I was just breaking the ice there for a second. <laughs> she, she's going to break me later on today, but that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> It is good, yeah. That's right. We, 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 didn't, we didn't forget some big things, right? Yeah. So, Dave, thank you for, uh, and you know I love you, right? Thank you for not answering the question that I asked. Because I want to make sure we give it a good example, and we didn't rehearse this. But this question is, what did God do in you? Not, what did we learn? Because those are different answers, right? So, what did God do in you? Can you swing again, brother? <laughs> well, because we miss so much later on. Yes. That this was an encouragement to me. There we go. Now we got it. Excellent. That we, we actually got something. Nice. Right. Yes. Yes. God is committed to his church. This is a beautiful thing. And that is encouraging to us, right? It's encouraging to us. All right. What else? What did God do in you? Paul and Candace Cameron. I am so nervous that this is going somewhere that we're going to have growing pains with what's coming next. So. Not even a groan? Not even a groan? Okay, all right, sorry. Mm -hmm. Which we've talked about in here before. There is no theological difference between the two, right? Right. And I'll, I'll just push back again, because every time we hear that, what I want our default setting to be is that is not taught in the Scripture, right? Awesome, yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. Because where is he? Where is he? He's in prison, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to borrow that. We have adult kids that are not adult kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, one more in this section. Yes, ma'am.
If, sister, if I had a nickel for every time I do that at my house, in my study, it's like, what is going, oh, I've touched the phone again right here, yes. So, I always relate so deeply whenever this happens to somebody in church, right? You're just like, yep, been there. Sorry. But we can minister wherever we are. And what an encouragement to us that we can minister wherever we are, right? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. No matter where we're at, we can still be ministering. Amen, amen, amen. All right, next prick, but here we go, advance the gospel. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, I struggle so hard not singing that, and y'all better be so grateful I don't, because this is one of the songs on the album that I've been talking to y'all about. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers gain confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. Just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation. And this is from God. For it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. What did God do in you through his word from that portion of our study in Philippians? Yes, ma'am. Encouraged to pray for other believers. It was convicting on my part because it was a reminder that I don't pray enough for other believers. Um, especially ones I don't lay eyes on real often. I feel like I check that box okay-ish most days, but not the ones I don't see every day or every week or every month or... 
What else? What's God doing in you from this portion? We want to avoid it. Correct. And, where, and, he's just, and this is actually where God is going. Yeah. And my, everything about me that has learned about life is you avoid this stuff. And thank goodness, if nothing, thank God for, for Paul and just his truth. Thank you for clarifying that. That was good. We thank goodness way too often. We should thank God when it's we just, thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, he was faithful, but at the same time, he was just so open and transparent to see that, you know what? Yes. Only if I quit trying to avoid it and just let go and say, God, just do what only you can do. Yeah. This simultaneous theme of conviction of the example that we see in Paul and encouragement that we can actually do this thing because we share the same spirit. Right? Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. One more. Yes, yeah, Zeke? Amen. Praise the Lord. Looking to Christ quicker than I used to. Whew. That's heavy, brother. I heard someone say one time, with a long enough lens, all catastrophe is basically nothing. So when we, like this morning, when I looked down at 9.05, at a frozen picture of me, when I'm moving, what is going on? I'll tell you what's going on, Jim. Is Christ enough in that moment? I think we learned the same thing, actually. <laughs> I think we might have. All right, did I see a hand over here? Mitch, yes, all right. Yes. 
Oh, that's good. To see that we may have had some kind of ministry and then uh, it's changed. It's different now than mm. it was before. And I think that process can be painful. But once we're there and established in a new form of ministry, then we can look back and go, oh, yeah, this is, this is what God planned. This is good. Amen. And you wouldn't know anything about that right now, would you, at all? No, nothing. That wouldn't resonate with you deeply on any level whatsoever. That's awesome. That's awesome. Love that. Love that. All right, I'll read the first couple of pericopes here for Philippians chapter 2. If then, because of all this, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There may not be a more enjoyable portion of Scripture in my life I have ever gotten to read so many times. <laughs> this is like Jesus candy. It's amazing. <laughs> so what God do in you through his word from that portion of Philippians? Amen, sister, not to be afraid to share the gospel. There's no one like him, is there? So we should talk about him like we talk about no one else. What else? I'll do, a, I'll do a sub-bullet of that for me. Uh, you remember we talked about cross was a dirty word. Like this is a word that you don't say in public. You, you, you know, we don't say fart and poop today. And everybody's like, oh, that's weird. Don't say that, right? Well, you wouldn't say cross then. Like that was a dirty word. Don't say that. Except I did say them, didn't I? Okay. I thought them, and then I said them, so that wasn't good. Uh, but some, sometimes when you're talking about Jesus, that's how I would talk about Jesus. And like, don't turn the volume down when we talk about our Lord Jesus Christ. That was for me. This was the, there's just nobody like him. So Jim, quit turning the volume down. It was a good reminder and rebuke and encouragement that we can in fact do these things. And Paul's chained to somebody while he's talking to the amanuensis or actually writing this. Who's hearing this? And he doesn't turn the volume. Oh, it's so beautiful. Lights in the world, and Timothy and Epaphroditus. I will just tell you right now, 
I am uh, smitten with Epaphroditus. Just can no longer, no longer talk about the man without tearing up. So I'm not going to make it through this, so just be aware. That's where we're going. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character, because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. But I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need. Since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honor because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. I love how these brothers loved each other. Several years ago, I started telling our pastoral staff and some of you on a very regular basis, guys, on a very regular basis that I love you. Because I do. And it was weird at first. And then we spent a year in Philippians. And it feels so comfortable now. So it was an encouragement to me to keep it up. And to tell you on a regular basis, I love you, man. Because I do. Did you have your hands going crazy there? No? Okay. What you just said is a struggle that we all have. We just about it. Oh, okay.
the time I was a young child. Mm. And so it's deliberately focusing on him to, because uh, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear and to, to address these areas, but even whether it be with telling somebody I love them, it's just uh, to be deliberate. But it's just that thing of, uh, if anybody showed us the most beautiful picture of working out, Allowing God to work out your salvation, His salvation, whatever, with fear and trembling is is just it, it's it's me stopping doing it, mm. just making myself available to do. Let Him do what only He can do, whether it be in prison, whether it be when things are great, which is what I always want. Uh, in the bad times, and just like what Zeke was saying, to just say, God, I don't understand this at all. I don't like it, but let me see where you're at. To where I'm just like, man, yes, I want that. And but it's what you were saying is when you said that it's it's a it's like exercising a muscle that it doesn't exist. Yep. And it's just every time we continue to be and make ourselves uncomfortable for him to love others, yep. that it gets stronger. And it's not us, it's something that we can only say it's God in us in any way. It's just amazing. Amen. We're invited to all this. Amen. Agreed. Amen. Amen. Well said. Yes, sir. Cody. Hold people like him in honor. 
in an honor-shame culture, this is about as positive a commendation as you can get, right? All right, Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's gospelicious goodness. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. Regarding the law, a Pharisee. Regarding zeal, persecuting the church. Regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven And we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and my crown in this matter, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Philippians 3 and a little bit of 4. So what's God, what did he do in you through that text? If you hesitate much, I'm reading chapter 4 because it's a lot of fun to read. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't, don't look. I mean, he, he is so committed to this. 
this, to, to God, not this, to God. That he says, hey, listen, do what I'm doing. Yeah. It's just like, wow. It's a rebuke and a conviction and an encouragement again, right? Like, I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4. I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with a little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still... You did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica you sent gifts for my need several times. Not, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Dave watches me real close. <laughs> yes, sir. Wait, wait. You mean you're telling me you can talk about the Bible outside of Sunday school? That's awesome. Cool. What a neat idea. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes challenging us to share and to share, right? Yeah, that's awesome. What else? I don't think we rejoice enough. I don't think we rejoice enough either. Were you, were you like, 
I was convicted about that a lot. You know, because I get to read the text every week, right? Which is a lot of fun. And rejoice. Again. Again, I say rejoice. It doesn't, have this, it doesn't ring the same way, does it? When you read it that way. So, yeah. I was, in fact, quite convicted myself about how I read the scripture. And going with the grain of the text and not cutting against it in a weird, wonky way that obscures the meaning or the feeling or the intention or the what's going on. So. Well, I think we, we look for the good things to rejoice about. And Paul rejoiced in everything, good and bad. Because mm. the Lord's good yeah. through the whole thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Our constant companion through all is good. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right. Last thoughts? Philippians 4.13 is not meant for athletes' bodies. Amen, brother. <laughs> so, so are you having that tattoo removed? Is that what you, you were convicted and you had that? You had that? <laughs> yeah. Smack dab in the middle of a verse where he is reveling in the unity of the gospel while in chains, talking to little Rome. And then he ends it with what might be my new favorite part of this whole little letter. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Guys, the gospel is so powerful. The gospel is so powerful. The gospel is worth laying down our lives picking up the sufferings of Christ, partnering with whomever is doing gospel work and rejoicing the whole way through. The gospel is worth it. So, I hope you have enjoyed Philippians. So, if you got your Bible still open, turn one page. <laughs> Do you know Paul wrote other letters while he was chained to those poor Roman soldiers. <laughs> and we're just going to pick right up. Lord willing, next week with Colossians. So, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for... Uh, you know, I tell people that we go slow. We do slow Bible study in here. And they're like, oh, that's cool. So, like, what are you studying? I'm like, Philippians. They're like, oh, well, how long have you been in Philippians? Said, well, this next week will be week 52. And then there's this weird expression that falls over their face like i must have misheard him he's like no no week 52 like how can you spend that long with something so short like well it's the living breathing true holy word of the almighty god of the universe it's worth a little of our effort i think so you know there we go so I have no idea. I'm making no bets. I'm making no estimations on how long it'll take us to get through Colossians. It'll take us as long as the Lord wills. Uh, and if he interrupts us in the middle of it, then we'll get interrupted, and that'll be okay, too. So. Quick question. Yes, sir. Do you feel like that you just scratched the surface of Philippians? Uh, in in uh, application and personalization, yes. And I feel much better about having a better grip on the original language now. Um, it, now, th there's this analogy. Sorry, I'm just going to use this analogy real quick. So I was taught uh, this analogy for Bible study. 
uh, when the teachers had a dry rag and he had a bucket of water and another bucket that had nothing in it. He said, and here's what most people do with their Bible study. They put the rag in the water and they toss it in the bucket. And like, I got everything I could get out of this passage. You're like, I don't think you did. So he pulled the thing out, dipped it in, he wrung. He dipped it in, he wrung. He dipped it in, he wrung. And he, he kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And he's like, is this dry? And we're all like, yes, it's dry. And then I kid you not, he pulled out a table vice, attached it to the table, put the rag in the vice, and then started to turn. And we just saw drops of water coming out. And we're like, is it dry? And we're like, I don't think it is. I don't, do you have something else you're about to use? So he, he just keeps doing this and doing and ringing. And, and this is like five minutes of this. I'm thinking, what, where are we going with this? Like, what's going on? And he said, have we, and the bucket is empty at this point, right? He's, he's wiped around. There's nothing, the bucket is dry. He said, have we gotten everything out? We're like, I think we have. He said, his mercies are new every morning. When you wake up tomorrow, the bucket is full again. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Like, so when you ask me that question, I think we got what the Lord willed for us to have right now. Could we go back next week and start Philippians 1 and he would have new mercies? And yes, absolutely. So don't for a second go out of here and us thinking like we got everything out of Philippians. There is to get out of Philippians. There are two millennia of Christianity behind us who got things out of Philippians, much of which we never saw and never touched on. So how's that? Cool. Awesome. All right. Let's lean in, pray at the table, and you are dismissed to go worship this one. And the gospel is all about. Thanks, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.